First of all, I am grateful to be able to be, hang out with you today. As you see, Joe is not here. For Joe not to be at this pulpit, even if he's not feeling good, he's feeling punk, okay? So I am grateful to be here, and I will tell you, um, I tried to, hey, let me steal your sermon. I even snuck in his office to see if he left his notes, but he didn't. <laughs> so I did something a little different. We had an amazing thing happen in our staff meeting um, recently. And uh, we get a little stressed with church, getting things done. And there were things weighing on me. We had some family health issues going on and things like that. But we are talking about like pulling everything off and making sure this church and, and that we click and all of those things. And, and I was feeling a little stressed at church. Not that you guys ever do, just me. And I am grateful our pastor is so transparent. So he changed the culture of the meeting for a minute, and he said, you know what? This is Lent. And I'm thinking, okay, here comes that church word, right? Lent, 40 days like Darwin to remind us what happens at the cross. I think, I think we need to seek God's presence as a staff. And that, like, tripped me out, honestly. I'm going like, I see God's presence. But that night, going home, and you'll kind of hear how this unfolds, God had a little challenge for me. He had to show me something about me. First of all, you saw that Jeremiah 29, 11, 14 flash on the screen, right? But you know what's funny? Sometimes we as Christians look at the first part of that and say, plans to prosper you, and we run with that like, oh, man, I'm going to get a fat check. My income tax is going to be really big. You're running down the wrong path, brothers and sisters. The part, then you will call on me and come pray with me. I will listen to you. You will seek and you will find me. There's the prosper. Just like Joe was trying to teach in us. That's what he was doing, Marshall, prayer and fastings and giving, Marshall, a period of preparations for what God has done for us. Amen? And as you heard our brother read that, pas those, that passage, 1 Chronicles 16, 11. Seek his presence continually. This is what I was wrestling with after that preacher laid it on us in staff meeting. Have I been doing that continually? Hebrews eleven six 6 that he read so. And without faith it is impossible. But he rewards those who seek him Come on, Marsh, you should get this. I work at church. I should have this down, right? Jeremiah 29, 13, what does that say at the end of it? Seek him with your heart. Matthew 6, 33, God in his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. But you got to seek him. So in this week, in that, I was wrestling with those scriptures, and I was doing it, and I had a call this week from a young man. He's been, he's pretty, and he's married. He moved, he was a missionary in his early adulthood. 
Matter of fact, he went to India in the midst of the craziest things and done amazing things. And he and I have remained friends for years. And he brought his wife with him. And we had breakfast on Friday. And this is a young man that I could see he's going to push mountains everywhere. We finished breakfast. And I said, man, I want to know how to pray for you. And he goes, Marshall, I'm struggling to feel God's presence. I'm struggling to hear his voice anymore. And it took me by surprise, but then I'm going like, well, Lord, look what you unfolded me in this week through Pastor Joe. When quiet overtakes us and the silence is deafening, how do we respond to it? And I wanted the words to be able to say to this young man that because I've seen what God does in his life. Or when the noise of crowds seems to crowd out heaven's voice, where do you go? What do you do? When you feel like you can't feel God's presence, what do you do? Maybe I'm the only one here today that ever struggles with that. So I'm grateful that you let me be me today. So here's some biblical ideas that he and I started to discuss, and I just want to share it with you because of what Joe poured into me and what I studied throughout the week, out comes this stuff. Number one, we got to acknowledge who God is. Amen? If you're struggling to hear his voice and hear his presence, you got to remember he is the alpha and the omega. You got to remember he's the beginning and the end. He's the one that never changes, even though I do. He promises, I will never leave you or forsake you. We got to spend time declaring who God is, and then we start to feel his presence. And part of this is, man, I love science. I love it. And so I look at myself sort of like this pen, this God this amazing God, and when you see the expanses of the universe, and how many of you enjoyed driving around yesterday at 82 degrees with your windows down? And I look at my God when, I, and when I'm worshiping him, and he's the God that knows my past. He's all the way around me. He knows where I'm headed. That's my God. Amen? So I want to challenge you when you feel like, man, I, God's not hearing me. Start off just by acknowledging who he is kind of starts to grease the gears. Well, then the best way sometimes to acknowledge God is to sing. And I am so grateful for our worship. Amen? Amen. I'm so grateful what happens and absorb the words on the song when you're worshiping in the car. So Sydney and I are driving around, and this may not sound spiritual, but we were listening to worship songs and rolling down our windows and taking it in, and I turned down the worship music and I started to do the do well, I can't even remember. And she breaks into the lion sleeps tonight. <laughs> and not that I'm a real good singer, but we had a best time in the car because God's presence was there. You see, I, I want to challenge you to soak that stuff in. It's amazing in Deuteronomy and Matthew, and I want to challenge you. It constantly says, when we seek him, guess what? Guess what? When you don't feel him, when you seek him, it promises you will find him. 
The next thing I would tell you that this young man and I sort of discussed is ask God to search your heart. When you're feeling disconnected, when you're feeling that lone time, when you're feeling overwhelmed, and let me tell you, sometimes you don't even know you've disconnected. The psalmist says, create in me a clean heart, O Lord. And for me, after Joe put that thing on us in staff meeting, I started thinking, I went the entire day without even acknowledging God was with me. I had to repent of that. You know, it's not when I hit the home and put my feet up in the recliner and I suddenly go, oh, yeah, Lord, he's with me throughout the day. Shouldn't I be celebrating that? You know, sometimes when we utter that simple prayer, create a clean heart in me, for me, it's like the Holy Spirit comes in me and starts to vacuum up the messes in my heart and the spills that come in my life. Maybe none of you have those. It might only be me today. But I'm telling you, when you utter that, it happens. Sometimes we're not even aware that we've broke fellowship with God. Or when we've quenched the spirit that's working us. And in those times, it may be, he may seem so far away. He is so faithful, faithful to show us the way back. Listen to me carefully. He hasn't left you if you're feeling that today. If you're watching on TV, listen to me carefully. He has not left you. You see, if you surrender your life to God, he is in you. He is in you, his Holy Spirit. But man, I don't know, sometimes I can build a pretty good wall between me and God. I'm reminded in John 1, 9 that the true light which gives light to everyone was coming to the world. That's what we get to celebrate is what that light meant during Easter, right? But he also said it gave us right to become his children. To become his children. And remember, he gave us that light and the right to be children of God. To help renew our sensitivity to his presence. And the other thing that the young man and I discussed is you have to affirm who you are. Uh Uh-oh, where are you going with this one, Marshall? If you're knowing the Lord and you're a believer and you're trying to follow, listen to me carefully. You are his child forever. Forever. John 10, 28, I gave them eternal life that they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. This is a verse I cling to. Nothing will snatch me out of God's hand. How can I forget that? You know, sometimes my mind gets a little crazy and I can deceive myself and bring up old history of my past. But Jesus stands as my advocate. He speaks truth into me, who I really am. I am his child. Can you repeat that with me? I am God's child. You guys say it like you don't believe it. Let's do it again. I am God's child. If there's two things you walk away with today, if you can remember that and you can remember who God is, praise Jesus 
you'll celebrate his presence when he walks out the door. Amen? Amen. The other part is when you're feeling disconnected, and you have to accept your emotions for what they are. Countless influence can plunge me and make my emotions spike out of control. Fortunately, I got a very patient wife. Sickness and stress, lack of sleep, chemical imbalance, many things can drive that. And here's the thing, when our mind is rehearsing those things and we don't feel God's presence in those times where we're wrestling with our emotion, our relationship with God and the reality of his constant presence, he is there. Even when I don't feel it very spiritual, the time is, doesn't negate who God says I am. I'm still his child. So if you're running with those emotions, that's what I need you to hold on to in his presence. Neither does God eradicate his presence in my life when I'm struggling with those things. All of us, all of us endure seasons of life that challenge our stability. Even our ability to evaluate our own emotions Sometimes we need help separating fact and fiction from, to truth from lies. And while most of these seasons can be temporary and we wrestle with God's presence in his voice, don't wait too long to enlist help. Go to a friend you trust. And if you're really struggling with those negative emotions, go get a really good counselor. Been there, I've done it, and it's worth it. The other thing this young man and I shared was allow the word to saturate, saturate your heart and your mind and your emotions. You see, rehearsing the truth, especially from God's words, will plunge your thoughts and renew your mind, and it all seems contrary sometimes to what I wrestle with. But his presence is so important to me. Study and meditate verses where God assures me that I am his child, his presence, and his power. That's why those verses that you saw today and heard and that, man, I've been rehearsing them this week. His power, his passion for you, his faithfulness to you, because no matter, no matter what I or anyone else tells me about me, God's word has the last word. Amen? It, came, it contains the truth of who I really am. So when you can't feel his presence, don't panic. Let your prayers and your praise rise to the one who lives in your heart, night or day. You can't escape it, his presence. But, but then why would you want to? Why would you want to escape his presence? When you feel, and maybe I'm the only one that ever has it, when you feel like praying the least, this is when you need to pray the most. Amen? Amen. Instead of praying that God would take me out of this desert, Lord, take me out of this time of stress, how about saying, Lord, teach me while I'm in this desert? Now, when you live in Palm Desert, I had to say that a lot. 
There's a scripture I hold on to, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted on the earth. I'm going to tell you a story about a third grader. I was teaching a sermon on the series on the Lord's Prayer. And he didn't want to go to children's church. This third grader wanted to stay in church and learn about the Lord's Prayer. This third grader had a lousy, stinking life. He had a dad that abandoned him and never wanted to see him again. And then while he was in this series, his stepdad took off on him and never wanted to see him again. And he was constantly bullied in school. So he would come. So one night his mom calls me and said, can you come over to my house? My son's really struggling with his prayer. Could you just pray with him? He's really struggling with the sermons lately. And I'm going like, what a privilege that a third grader wants me to go pray with him. So I made a beeline over there. And he's at his bed kneeling, waiting for me. And he goes, Marshall, you know how hard it is for me to pray big prayers? I'm struggling with this. I'm going like, man, just be you in front of God. We had the best prayer time. But then he came back at me with this. He said, Marshall, I struggle with, you know, when I come home and I try to pray and stay focused on God for a half an hour or something, my mind wanders. I'm going like, do I admit I'm the pastor that I got the same problem? <laughs> he said, here's what I, I kind of learned to help me. It's called the CRISP method. And the CRISP method, I'm going like, what's that? He said, I offer up crisp prayers. They're really short throughout the day. So when I'm being bullied, I think of God right there. Or when I'm having a struggle thinking about my dad, I offer a short prayer right there. This preacher went to the wood shop. Third grader taught me the importance of being quick with my prayers constantly throughout the day. Amen? And that's how he felt the present when he felt abandoned. Okay, another thing I had a discussion with this young man, you know, and here he has been so connected with church and missions throughout the world. I said, when's the last time you've been to church? And he said, Marshall, it's been a while now. We kind of do it online. Sorry, if you're online, forgive me. I said, you know what, man? You have to stay in the church community. You can't be a lone ranger. Whenever you feel unloved by God or like you have no power or strength and you're struggling with things, it's usually an indication you want to run from everybody. Don't want to show up at church. And the best thing we can do when we feel that happening is intentionally, intentionally, intentionally surround ourselves with brothers and sisters of faith because they can pray for us. They can be there for us. Amen? Amen. They can encourage us. They can share with us similar stories. I'm so blessed right now. I got this incredible leadership team that we're looking forward of seeing what God's going to do through Celebrate Recovery. And when they pray, I go home so encouraged. Or when I hang out with the maintenance guys in this joint, and I go with them at noontime and hang out with them, when you hear them pray for the church and for you, I am so encouraged. Or my staff who prays for you. 
and how they surround themselves in those things. And, you know, Wednesday night I had this, this three guys show up and hang out with me on Wednesday night. And they started off because Celebrate Recovery is all based on the Beatitudes. It's teaching people just what we're talking about right now, God's presence. And these three guys, I'm supposed to be there to teach them. They started, and I, they didn't know, they started rattling off the Beatitudes and different things and praying. And I'm going like, you know what? I was supposed to be there to teach them. It was me who walked away encouraged. Let me say this. We're in this together. Amen? Amen. Trying to weather a storm as a single tree, you will be uprooted. But if you're planted among a forest, there's protection. We all bend together. Hold up your arms. Those of you who are asleep forgot to hold up your arms. Okay, bend to the left, bend to the right. Look around at everybody now and like, oh, we're all in this together. For me, this is so important. For me to seek God's presence and take that time, whether it's those little short crisp prayers that young man told me about, or it's hanging out, or it's diving into God's word and feeling my heart, I want you to realize you are God's child and how amazing God we have when you walk out of here today. Amen? Amen. Okay, so I'm going to play a little trick here. This is the test. Is Carlos, you guys see Carlos? Carlos, are you here? Where's he at? Carlos? Run down here. Oh, I'm so in trouble. I am so blessed by worship and what happens in this place and the people I get. He thought he was going to hide out, but he had a whole church point at him. I love it. All right, I'll have to buy you a big burrito next week. All right, here's the test, my brother. If somebody came up to you uh, you know how to turn this on. You're a rock star. You guys know this is the... Oh, it's on. Tell me what, what you heard today in the sermon. Or tell them. Look at them. They're really... I know they look scary, but they're really cool. Okay. Now you know how I feel. Yeah, I do. that it's important to trust God and to put him into the center of your life to not even well because we all sin in that fact but I think it's also a choice to not sin and I think God can be the deciding factor of whether you want to sin or whether you don't want to sin and sin won't stop but I think that having God in your life and on your side can help you deter that sin away. All right. Oh, you can clap for him. Why is your, why is your picture of God important? For me, personally, it gives me a clear idea of how I'm going to go ahead with my day. You know, I'm hanging out with you this week. Why is, why is you absorbing the word of God important? 
think like you said, having the uh, word of God saturated into your life, it can surely show you the right way to go and how the Bible can be a, not instruction manual, but a roadmap of what you should and what you can do and how you can navigate through the uh, different pathways. Brother, if they remember anything when they walk out here today, I want them to remember what he said. Amen? Hey. Okay, you guys think you're off the hook. You're not. You have homework this week. And I want you to understand this is one of the grandest psalms when you're seeking the face-to-face -face of God and his majesty and his power. And it immediately helps you to exalt who God is and knowing who he is is so important. So sometime this week, write it down. Put it on your heart. Read and pray Psalm 139. Amen? I am so grateful for you guys, so grateful I get to hang out with you today. The worship team is going to come up. I'm going to pray for you. Maybe today, maybe today you're wrestling with God's presence. Maybe it's the quiet. Maybe your life is so busy. I just want you, as you have the opportunity to come up here and be on the altars, whether you want anointed and prayed for and you're struggling with health or those different things, or you come over here on your own, the number one thing I want you to remember when you pray, when you get ready to exalt, is that you're God's child. And God is amazing. He's there for you. He loves you. So I'm going to pray, and then we're going to have a time for you to come up pray. You can pray at your seats. Um, those in the camera, we would love you to pray with us too. But I want to tell you, a church that exalts God and seeks Him, amazing things happen. Amen? So as we do this, let me just kick you off. Lord, as we get ready to pray together, as we approach these altars, Lord, still the lies in my heart that keep me from being in your presence, Father. Turn my heart and everyone's heart here towards you and your word, Father. What you want us to hear, your presence is always with us. We belong to you, God. We are your children. So, Lord, as we approach... I pray that everybody here just take a minute and remember they're your child and you are God.